this is my introduction today. Yay! This is my intro. Close your lips. <laughs> I'm going to keep this in, actually. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. In true Obi style, that was. But welcome to this week's edition of the Media in Colour podcast. You're here with me, your favourite host, Bookie, <laughs> and our favourite guy, Obina, yo. <laughs> See, so we have a fantastic guest with us today. I know there's been a, a few where you've just listened to us speaking our minds and speaking our truths, but today we have the fabulous Andrea Rimesa from <laughs> Team. Is that correct? Is it correct? I've been saying that forever. Oh, no, no, you know what? You got it perfectly. It's great. Thank you. I've been saying it like that. I love saying that word, <laughs> saying the whole name. Um, but we have the fabulous Andrea who is uh, a fantastic search director here at Wavemaker. Feel free to introduce yourself, Andrea. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I'm Andrea. I've been working in search. Basically, I feel like I've been working in search all my life now. <laughs> you know what's uh, I absolutely love it. It's I, I feel lucky that as you get a job in in digital marketing, especially when you are an exec, you tend to kind of land wherever people put you, whatever their needs are. And so when the channel that you're working on kind of aligns with what you want and what you enjoy doing, I think that's like the best match. And that's exactly what's happened with me and search. I landed on a search account completely randomly um, and on like knowing the channel randomly, but it was the best random uh choice ever <laughs> okay so that was going to be one of our first questions to be honest because we when we kind of have guests on here and we had a, f- a few of our initial episodes it was kind of like how do we get into media a huge part of what we like to do is encourage people to get into media and you know follow their passions so it's so refreshing to have someone as well on the search side of things because you know we're often into you know programmatic uh, content because we're uh, both content kids over here now but so when you, when you started, when did you start in search? So it was back in 2016, 20, I think. Um, I started uh, at a different agency, um, started on a big um, retail uh, client. It was, everything was very fast. And I just liked, uh, I saw how people tend normally to navigate towards social, towards display, when things are a little bit uh, more fun <laughs> in that sense. They have, uh, <laughs> they have uh, more, uh, they work with uh, more creative assets than we do uh, in search, indeed. But what draw me to it uh, personally is the fact that you have a massive control over it. You have visibility and immediate results for your client. Um, whenever you have a comp- competitive um advantage on really positioning yourself on top of competition with this channel so by having such immediate targeted results that for me being an incredibly impatient person (laughs) uh it it aligned with how i measure success and how uh how fast it is to scale back or push depending on what you're getting so yeah that 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 is what uh draw me to it really and can I ask, yeah, because I, I always feel for me, part of the job is getting to a place where you feel confident and competent. Absolutely. And the, the more you're able to get to that point, I think the more you end up liking a job in general. 
100%. My confidence is really driven by knowledge. Mm. So the fact that I know this channel well, and I've worked with it with uh, multiple clients with different needs, it gives me that confidence to uh, understand what works mm. for each campaign or for each client. And not every client is the same. Uh, bookie, uh, you you can uh, t- testify to that. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what I think? I, I want to just ask a question because I, I, I'm interested to see what you think about this. Because I feel like search is, you know, when people are like they're like, oh, skiing versus snowboarding, and they're like, oh, skiing's really easy to get at the beginning, but it's really hard to hard to master. But snowboarding is really hard to get. But once you've got it, then you can master it. I feel like search is snowboarding, like that initial bit. Rah, it's what? quite overwhelming. And for me, I will be honest on this podcast, for me, it did not make sense for at least nine months. Nine months, I was like, what the actual is this? What <laughs> make it make sense. I am make it, please make it make sense. <laughs> and so one of like nine months in, right? I'm like, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. And one day, I swear, I'm opening my laptop. I can literally see it. I'm opening my laptop. I'm about to start a day. I'm looking at performance. And all of a sudden, it clicked. You see? I don't know how. And this <laughs> thing, what I'm describing right now, I know that has it has been experienced by other people in media. And not just media, just generally. No, yeah. You're having to learn something that it's out of your depth. I reckon um, there's a lot of people who have left media because of that. Absolutely. That, and I think search is, like I said, I think it's one of the hardest areas to get. It's not, it's not anything you've learned before at school. It's not, it's nothing. It's so different. And I think there's a lot of people who are new to media. I think we've even seen it ourselves with like, you know, people coming in, they spend six months and they think, rah, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm either going to another platform or I'm going to another channel. I'm going to a whole different place of the industry entirely. So I think it's very refreshing to hear someone like yourself with a lot of experience who is, you know, at the top of your game, just being like, you know what? For almost a year, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But I will agree. It does search to start on search is a little bit, you know, I would advise people in, unless you have really strong analytical skills and that's how your brain works. Absolutely fine. But I will advise new starters if you if you're uh, not your analytical skills are not the your strongest suit absolutely fine and you're feeling a little bit more creative absolutely try something else other than search and then as you get more comfortable in the ecosystem of media why not upskill try search but indeed search scares people off i will give you that yes it does scare people off i've had examples in my immediate teams i've i've seen uh, examples across the industry and indeed, it's a scary place to be. But if you give it a chance, it is phenomenal. I don't know. I'm hyping up. I'm gassing up search. But for me, it's really the best channel. Yeah, gas it up. Gas it up. you got to gas it up. So you got to. you got to. So I think the next order of business really is what you think about the search landscape currently and what people need to know because there's a lot we're going to get into a lot there's the there's a whole future for search coming out i think there's a media changes at a rapid rate and everything is being impacted by you know the latest buzzword ai 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 but before we get there what do you think people need to know about search 
uh, and why is it useful for a business in general for our clients all of that kind of thing yeah like uh like i mentioned briefly uh before what it is what search does it, it gives you that really targeted advertising that other channels do not have it's not in their uh structure um so if you want, if you have a, a, a low budget or even a big budget, but you want to drive immediate results, um, then search is the cheapest, most, uh, uh, most technical, but the most effective way to go. Uh, you're targeting people who are looking for you. You are not looking for people, but people come to you, right? So in the, from the nature of the channel, you already... Uh, you just need to make sure you have a banging website that can really uh, work uh, towards uh, your advantage as a business and give that uh, customer uh, journey, um, you know, satisfaction. But at the same time, uh, if you're looking for immediate results and uh, revenue and conversions and sales, search is the, that's why businesses usually uh, go into search because it offers that return on ad spend quicker than any other channel. Do you think, and I'm just thinking about this now, because when you ask someone to put together, you know, a proposal or whatever, um, for especially when you're looking at brand campaigns, I actually think search might be overlooked. I think people are so used to search, they now don't even plan for it as well as they should. It's, it's, ma- it's mainly just that, I feel like a lot of the time people put a lot of their brand budget into driving demand and then what's left over, they give to search to mop up that demand. But actually it really could have been, it could have been used, utilized earlier to make sure we have a good subset of people, a good set, subset of um, results and then see what we need to drive. We might not have needed to drive as much as you thought we did if we had just gone with a search to gauge the demand in the first place. Exactly. And that is why you need uh, a full funnel approach in search. You need to target all the keywords. You need to see exactly how what people are searching uh, across each uh, set of the of of the funnel. Because more likely than less, people search everything on Google. People will see something outside. They will search on Google. People will see something on TV. They will search on Google. Google is the the confirmation that whatever it is that we're bombarded throughout the day with all these out of home or social campaigns or Instagram, ultimately people come to Google to search for that. So you need to have that presence, right? Brand presence, generic presence, whatever, whatever Absolutely. your uh, strategy is, but you need to have that presence and it is sometimes overlooked. I think that's a perfect segue, perfect segue into where do you think search is going? Because I know I mentioned AI a little bit before, but I can't remember where I saw it, but I saw Amazon is making some big strides. They're trying to challenge Google because we all know Google is now, what is it? Is it a verb? Doing word? Is that a verb? Is it a verb? Doing word is a verb. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) I don't know why I just got transported to my year six classroom. (laughs) I'm learning verbs and nouns. (laughs) Yeah, to Google something, it's a verb, it's a doing word. Yeah, absolutely. But Amazon, I know they are challenging because for years they've been saying, oh, half of searches actually start on Amazon. And we haven't believed them. We're literally like, you're just saying things to say things right now. But I saw something recently that they are genuinely really trying to push to start a lot of searches, even searches that won't stay on Amazon. They want to 
break into that search engine space. So I think there's two big areas now that are coming up for search, whether that's AI, which I know that there's bears going on about that, but then, you know, the challenges. I know I saw Bing's trying to make a comeback too. All of them, all of them man doing stuff. Everybody wants to make a comeback. Everybody's shaking his head. <laughs> Ask Jeeves is coming back in a minute. Stop, stop. Control yourself. Control yourself. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk bad about Microsoft, so I will just move along. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, please, people at Microsoft, don't hate me. We love you. <laughs> um, but yes, so I think let's start from the beginning where you're saying, yes, there there are challenges with the new, emer uh, like this emergence of modern search and uh, the attribution model. Somebody who's looking on Google, but converting on Amazon or something who is looking on Amazon and converting on Google, like how do you track that in this privacy GDPR this ecosystem where it's so hard to share insights and data absolutely but i think the biggest and from my from my point of view the biggest uh technological shift right now obviously and i know we've been hearing about it way too much is ai right so it is indeed uh there are concerning concerns in the industry that are concerns and by industry i mean first of all the clients they're so keen Let's do it. They were like, okay, AI, let's do everything. Here's my money. Wait a minute. Let's see what applies to you. <laughs> it's not that simple. So you have very enthusiastic clients or very reluctant clients, depends. Uh, and then you have a lot of training that needs to happen in the from our point, from our side as agency practitioners, because it's still a new thing. It's a technological shift. We don't know exactly how it works. And we don't know all the the long-term benefits or disadvantages or how is that going to affect impact activity so it's still quite early but the comp the conversation does happen around ai and the question i personally get the most um is uh okay but isn't aren't they, the robots are gonna replace us why should i get into digital marketing anyway since i'm gonna be replaced by ai and I think that is a very interesting thing to. Uh, it's it's an interesting question. My I, I would I would be very keen to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, I, my personal thoughts are that I do get that there are concerns, uh, but you know, human expertise at the end of the day is essential, right? Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Why? Well. AI can automate certain aspects of paid search. It does not replace human expertise. It cannot. Strategic thinking, creativity, ability to interpret data and make informed decisions are skills who belong to humans. They don't belong to AI. Um, and again, we, we kind of need to shift that uh, mentality of AI is working against us. It, it, AI is working to enhance our uh, abilities. Um, I agree. Yeah. So yeah. what, what are your thoughts? By no, way? I agree. So I think, especially in the world of search, I think, cause search is an area that has always benefited. It's probably one of the areas that's benefited the most from like increased automation and increased Correct. technological advancements. Like in my personal opinion, AI for search, you know, when you're writing, you know, search copy and all that kind of stuff, 
it frees up the time of the humans. I think you still need humans because otherwise we'll just continue to regurgitate everything we had. If we, rel- if we relied solely on AI, we wouldn't progress anymore because we would have all the information we already had going round and round. There might be some progressions, but there's not going any further. We also then wouldn't be able to catch and stop anything that isn't correct because you know it might just take it and run with it. Whereas we continue to keep a human involved, we can be like, okay, it's put together that copy, but it's actually just not quite right. It's not quite working and we strip that out. So I think the human will always be necessary in this space. It just frees up our time for greater creativity and then also to design the next thing. Like if I'm not spending six days writing search copy, I can spend a lot more time further automating other areas or thinking more about the strategy behind it and then putting in place different bid strategies and doing all of that kind of stuff. I've got way more time to do that. So I personally think AI is... Um, super helpful, particularly actually in a space like search. I think I've, I think it's the, it's the best ever. And that's exactly bang on. It is. It works well in a space like search. Like you said, it's all about data analysis. Pull quicker data analysis. Pull quicker automation without uh, lowering the risk of human errors. Add personalization or, or targeting. Um, you know, budget optimizations. You can do predictive analysis based on like forecast for future strategies and stuff like that. Like it is incredibly helpful, but to think that it would somehow replace us when it comes to client relationship. Imagine those tough conversations that we have to navigate with clients. You're telling me that AI is going to do that. That's absolutely effing impossible. That's never (laughs) going to happen, you know? So that. That is my my overall stance on AI. I think it's a great thing. Uh, I uh, there's going to be a lot of training needed to understand it better. Yeah, but and I know that WaveMaker has a bunch of stuff coming out. They just did that. They did that whole big talk. You know, we got a lot of uh, generative and conversational AI and how that's feeding into search. And I think there's a pilot that we're doing with Google or something as well like that, just about how we drive this forward in the most effective and economical and probably moral way as well. I think um, there's a huge emphasis from uh, from the business on that. Okay, I, I have one question and one statement. <laughs> oh, uh, interesting. Yes. Please. My, I'm going to start with the statement. So okay. you guys remember, I think we've spoken about this on a podcast before. Wally, Wally, or Wally. Let me talk like a normal human being. Well, the cartoon, so, the guy on the moon. The cartoon, the car- Pixar film, Pixar film. Oh, oh cute. God, that was so cute. I cried. Yeah, he's like, my guy, the cute robot who could only say beep, but captured all of our hearts. He's a poet. (laughs) Just beep. Um, But yeah, in the movie, there's a moment where um, everyone's up in space, you know, and it turns out they've been living there for years, years, years. They've been living there for so long that, that that's all they know. That's all the human race now knows. And the thing about these space people is that AI and robots have essentially taken over all of the normal functions of human beings. In fact, they don't need to even need to walk. They just sit on chairs and gain weight. You know, their bones are smaller. Walking for them. It, you know when they say one one big step for man, two big steps for humanity? It's, it's a little thing because they can't walk no more. So, <laughs> um, so I think when people think about AI, I think that's the conversation that a lot of people tend towards. This idea that it's doing everything and we're just going to be slouching our butts in a chair. But in reality, what you guys are saying, I think is important to, to think about because it's more of a compliment. Our functions are going to change. It's now going to be a question of how do we ask the right questions 
to these tools in order to get the right outputs out. Remember, there was a time when Microsoft Excel didn't exist. And people what? manually... Whoa, 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 wait. wait. Actually, that's actually that. so crazy that you would say that. I don't think that's true. <laughs> it was the Big Bang and then it was Microsoft <laughs> Excel. What are you talking about? I'm not hearing anything different about it. That is the exact sequence of events. <laughs> I, I, I was there. I was there and I and saw it. Was Excel. <laughs> Don't spread fake news on my podcast, man. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But let's just go on this idea that Excel didn't exist from the beginning, yeah? Okay. Like, back, okay. Back in the day, it was a person's job to type in, to write, not even type, write in data, data entry, people. You know what I mean? And there on your CV, if you could say my handwriting is buff, it looks good, then you are looking good. Mine really is bad as well. You know, now our handwritings are, (laughs) but, you know, and then it was now an additional skill to say, hey, I know how to type. That was a time. That was a time. That was some of our parents' times, to be honest. It wasn't that far off. It was our parents' time. Do you guys want to know when Microsoft Excel was created? Yeah, please. 1985, just yesterday here. Oh my God. What? Hey, it's young. It, 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 in retro, internet itself is young when you think about it, you know? I am flabbergasted. 85, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Does so it, do I remember when uh, Kelly was trying to text Nelly from. Uh, <laughs> 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 is that old? Is that old? Oh, okay. What was your point, though? I've, I've lost. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make here is when you look in the context of technology and how it gets integrated, AI is just another version. It's another re-up, right? Yes, people are gonna get lose some jobs. I'm I'm not saying that's not gonna happen, but those job losses aren't a function of they are now useless. It's a job loss in the sense that they need to change their skill set. That's what I'm saying. Changing. That's what needs to happen. Because everyone's okay. upset, yeah. But I, really, I, I remember you used to think this, and uh, please, no one come for me because this is my own view. <laughs> but I used yeah. to think this, like you know, people be up and up in arms that you know that they're bringing in uh, self checkout, self checkout. Oh no, people are losing jobs. It's the same thing, but now people are worried because it's happening to them. People, people yeah. are literally like, well, self checkout. It's just quicker for me as the consumer. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. And now Wilco's is shut down. Everything's shut down and everything's just online and people, the customer still doesn't care. But I think when it happens to you for like, if we're working in search or programmatic or media or, you know, even the actors strike and everything that's going on, people are like, whoa, my job, now I care. Mm. So, But I do think you're right. It just means we need to re-up on our skills because just because you don't have to do this anymore, let's get a new skill. You've got more time now. There's more time. Exactly. And that is the mindset because to Obi's point, we you don't see on LinkedIn any job offers for typist, hmm. for secretary, right? Or for people literally, you know, as you dictate, you write. You don't yeah. get that, right. And so why? Because we have everybody can type. Yeah. Your skill is not unique, and so you need to level up. Either level you know up. how to type a thousand words per second. I don't know. I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I still I type with three fingers. 
<laughs> don't do that. Um, it's just because my you say this, but my mum was a t- she was a typist. She can touch type and she mm. can touch so quickly. And she looks at me like she's like, how 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 have we gone backwards? But I haven't I just leveled up in another space? Yeah. <laughs> even gone backwards, I promise. <laughs> Anyway, we really digress there. We really digress. No, I think we're on the point, man. Are we? I don't know what happened after Wally. <laughs> you lot went on a different place. Anyway, I had a statement and I had a question. So my statement was that, right? Okay. Essentially, we're just seeing another renaissance in technology and it's about changing our skill sets. That's the most important. Oh, exactly that. Renaissance in technology. Nice. Well done. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. English. <laughs> All right, so that was my statement. My question now, yeah, is yes, there's a uh, question of AI, but in my view, AI is a long-term question. I'm seeing in the shorter term, audio being a huge thing within search. I think we, we talked about it like search is now, it's like it's like 40 or 30% audio or something like that, and it's going to grow over time. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious about the audio space and what does that mean in terms of search engine optimization? What does that mean in terms of, you know, working as a search practitioner, how has the change in audio, which is a very short-term thing that's happening right now, affecting our operation? Well, just before you go, jump into that, I want to say this is very interesting because when I first joined Wavemaker in 2015, mm-hmm. I remember I was doing my rotation in the search department and I had to do um, a, a presentation. And at that point, I had to make a choice. I, I, I decided, no one told me what to do, but I had to make a choice between... Um, visual search and audio search what i thought would be useful and at the time audio search didn't even feature i was so sure that visual search was going to be the next best next best thing so hearing this now hear how wrong my prediction was firstly in the search phase <laughs> but also just to know that basically i'm flexing to say i was thinking about it in 2015 <laughs> okay, okay now someone drops some knowledge <laughs> It's uh totally agree, and your stats are, are, are on point now. It's around 27 30 percent of users. So, this data is from this year. So, we're talking 70 30 of uh 30 percent of people almost are searching via voice search as opposed to typing. Mm. And it's it's interesting because back in the day, you used to see all the uh, digital online advertising being ha- happening on desktop. Mm. And it was like more on desktop than it was on mobile. And now it's 80% on mobile and it's 20% on desktop. And obviously the the clients, they had to adapt to this shift, right? Because you, you, you can't be having such a massive website on a tiny little screen. So changes ne- needed to happen. Same thing here. We're seeing this, this shift. Uh, people are searching more and more search. What does that mean? We need to uh, identify the right keywords that are most likely to be uh, converted into search. So it's we can't just bid on everything that on, on search because that's not the way people, based on their behavior, their patterns, the way that they're searching for things, voice, they're different the way that they type. So it would be always like, uh, what restaurants are open now? Where can I find? It's always like a question because usually people, when they're searched by voice, they're unavailable to. So it's BS, so to type. So it's always a uh, a kind of a request, restaurants near me, where can I buy that? Where can I find shoes? Where can I? So we'll have to 
uh, it would have to be applicable to the client. It would have to be applicable to the campaign. So for, in my uh, experience thus far with the clients that I've been working at Wavemaker, uh, we're not testing voice search yet in my experience. So I personally haven't seen clients being so keen to try this out yet. Uh, or even though there is uh, there is a market for, for, for those search queries to exist. But um, yeah, you would, you would have to uh, really look at the types of searches you want to convert to voice. That is interesting, actually, because you're right. There's only very few things that Correct. I search with my voice. Do you know what? A lot of it often defined this is me this is i'm just showing i i i read the dictionary once as a child so, <laughs> <laughs> one one sad summer i read the dictionary but um like i'm often i'll be like google define i don't know i can't think of a really nice word to make me sound smart but define something that's the that's mainly the thing that i define yeah so i do that and also just like you know uh where's the nearest petrol station something yeah. like that you know when people are driving hands-free they can just Google and it just picks up. They don't even need to move their hands. Where's the nearest petrol station? It'll do something like that. Where's the nearest restaurant? So yeah, I think you're right. I hadn't really thought about it in in the lens of a lot of our clients. Exactly. It has to work. It has to work with the client. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think what clients it could work with now. I'm thinking uh, L'Oreal is a, a big one. Probably could work with. You know, exactly. hey Google, what is the best toner for dry skin? Yeah. Or where can I find uh, this L'Oreal shade of foundation at my, the nearest stop? Is it in Sephora? Is it in Boots? Where is it? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. But for example, for the for the advertisers, uh, um, advertiser that puts out printers, for example, you know, you production production printers. You you might not want to search for that on voice. Yeah, that's definitely not a voice search. That's a yeah. that's a, that's an interesting concept that we didn't touch on because obviously we're talking about this in a B two C fashion. Correct. I think I wonder because I I'm always a big um, kind of advocate for B two B marketing. It should mirror B two C. Like we're still the same consumer. I think there are additional parts on the back end, but the initial touch points should be similar to B2C conversations. And then obviously then you get into white papers and all that stuff that you need to know. But my entry point is here. Mm. But when you talk about voice search, I can't even imagine some of those, you know, top end parts being voice searched. I don't think that would work because it is at the end of the day still B2B and I'm going to be on my laptop. I'm not doing that on my phone. <laughs> but, and check this out. Like I want to bring it back to the website capabilities, voice searches, right? are usually going hand in hand and they work the best with a very good uh, a website, mobile friendly website. Okay. Because if you are unavailable to type, you're not going to be on your laptop. You're going to be on your phone. So where is going to land you? It's going to land you from your phone to their website, to whatever it is that they want you to read. That needs to be mobile friendly. A lot of the businesses we work with, as you know, Bookie and Obi, we, we they're not they don't have the the best mobile friendly uh websites and so voice search might not be the best thing for them it'll be for you okay okay that's a conversation <laughs> you know what Cause like, like, like you said enthusiastic. am i too enthusiastic about search i'm sorry no i love it because now i'm enthusiastic about search 
<laughs> I'm about it. I'm ready. I'm ready to see what's going on because I think, it, like you said, it's one of those areas that people do shy away from. It can be very daunting, but I think that, like we've just kind of touched on, there's a lot of opportunity in there. There's a lot going. There's a lot to be said for the trends happening in the space, and there's for being one of the most fundamental parts of marketing and advertising. I think there is still so much untapped potential in the space. Absolutely, I agree. Especially with this new technological shifts happening, one hundred percent. I'm really excited about the future. <laughs> I'm excited too. Let's go search, to search. <laughs> I think we're coming to the end of the podcast. It's been a fun conversation, but as always, closer to the end, we want to help our people. So, so let's help our people. So, Andrea, we kind of talked about a bit at the beginning. But what is some advice? I'm going, I'm going to ask you two questions. What is some advice to someone starting out in the media industry that just trying to get their foot in, see what it's saying and all of that? What sort of advice would you give uh, to them in order to find their footing in the industry? Um, related to my channel or just norm, fresh, fresh off General. the press, you're getting into the media industry. Yeah. Um, I would say what helped me. Okay, what helped me navigate the, especially the beginnings of media industry. Uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. And I know it sounds absolutely cliche, but you will make mistakes. There's just no way around it. Accept the fact you will be wrong and learn from it. So uh, when somebody gives you a task, do it. If you have questions, ask them, annoy them. People get to get, people usually get to, uh, they're busy, they're unavailable, annoy them. Annoy them until you get the answer. Don't be shy, don't be, uh, try not to be shy, try not to be afraid to get the answer to, for you to understand better. So the advice is don't be afraid to make mistakes. That's what you're learning. Annoy people all the time, asking them questions. Um, and. Uh, what else? One third. Let's end it in a three. Uh, help me, Bookie. What What is the third thing that uh, somebody should? I would say just be open, because like you said at the beginning, you often get put into where you fall when you yes. get into when you get into media. It's not an area anyone really knows about. Well, I think people are starting to know about you know influencers and social and stuff like that, but the rest people want to know about, and they end up stuck where they just happen to start. Don't be yes. afraid to branch out. I think I would say. Absolutely. For me, it personally was, I, I got lucky to just stay in paid search. But for example, when people talk to me about, because I've worked so much in this channel, it's quite hard for me to kind of go uh, to learn other channel at this level that I am, but I can easily go around the strategy. But the nitty gritty of the channel, I do miss uh, knowing, you know, and it's uh, it's something that if you're interested to try new things, be open for sure. So that's what I, I would say. Uh, don't don't let yourself um, uh, be in a in a box. Yeah, Ask questions, be annoying. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. And then the second part now is like as Bookie said at the very beginning. You know, you've been in the industry for a while, and you've leveled up in so many ways, and you're at a, a strong high. Who knows where you're gonna go after this? So really excited to see your trajectory. Um, oh, what is some advice you would give to somebody who's like maybe at junior to mid level and is trying to get up to that a higher to a more senior level what's some advice that you would give oh i know i actually know one from you so obviously me and andrea have previously worked on the same account and i have one that um 
uh, that actually I, I say to myself quite a lot. So there was a point where we were all talking about, you know, progression, 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 all this kind of stuff. And Andrea said, you know what? I actually want to wait here and be really good at my job. Because I think people are rushing for progression. People are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got promoted last year. I need to get promoted this next year. Da, 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 da. I need to get, I need to get my friends promoted over there. My friends buying a house over there. My friends having a... Just take a second and get good at what you're doing. Your promotion shouldn't be based on what everyone else is doing. Get good at your job. And I'll never forget when you said that. And I was like, that is Thank you. so yeah. banging. No, and I and I meant it, and that's exactly what I would advise. Uh, I got promoted. I was lucky enough to get promoted quite quite fast due to uh, obviously good. Because, <laughs> obviously because a very fortunate uh, series of events. But the idea is that once I got promoted to a director, I really wanted to learn the skill because I felt like I I haven't given sufficient time for me to be okay with the skills that I'm earning with the way that I'm, I'm ser- servicing this client. So, um, so I would say, yes, when you got to your level of manager, I know it sounds very tempting and it is seductive. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I get it. You, we all want to like push through and get promoted and get that title. And it kind of strokes our own little ego, but you have to understand that the more you go up, the more responsibility. And if you're not prepared um, and you know how to face some some situations that might be challenging or difficult, just don't rush. Don't rush. And my advice, learn your skill, learn your trade. Be very good at what you are to the point that you're, uh, if I may even dare, irreplaceable. And then you can uh, negotiate your position uh, and your next position a lot better. Yeah. I couldn't agree more because that jump, I think the jump from manager to director isn't one that meant you're ready for. Like I, it's, it's such a jump. It's not from you know apprentice to exec, exec to manager. That's all chilling vibes. But that jump to director, that's serious. It's serious. So be serious. Learn your trade. I love it. I still li- I still live by those words. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> and that's an awesome way to end the conversation. Yo, thank you so much, Andrea, for your time for your knowledge. Oh, your, your vibes. oh my god <laughs> guys you have been the best podcasts uh podcast hosts ever Woo, it is- that's what we're trying to hear <laughs> <laughs> you guys been wonderful hosts thank you very much for having me absolutely well, thank oh, this you. has been media and color am i closing as well today so obi let me close this is our second season obi let me open and close for the first time so this has been media in color i've been bookie he's been obi thank you very much for our fantastic guest andrea and we will see you next time thank you all bye